Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Leslie, how can I help you today? Hi, I am building a house in Chapel Hill, and I am going to have a deck outside. And um, I can't decide if I want to do just regular treated wood or... My builder suggested that Trex or something like it. I can't remember what the name was. Start with an A. That's one and of the I brands. I'm just trying to figure out which one would be better. Well, I, I will tell you that if you go with the Trex or something like that, the, the material cost is going to run a, typically two to three times the cost of just going with regular treated lumber. Uh, and it's always going to have a synthetic look to it. You will okay. know that it's not real wood. So if you well, want it's on to, a back deck, so it's not like it's going to be seen a lot. Yeah. The so, you know, if you if if you want something that's extremely durable, the 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 synthetic woods are, uh, they hold up to the weather very well. But I will tell you, the deck at my house has been there 16 years, uh-huh. and I have put a a new uh, coating on it, typically every five years. And I didn't want to have to do anything to it except, you know, yeah. maybe steam it yeah. off or something. And, and we, well, you know, th- and that's what a lot of people think when they put down those synthetic ones. But they still end up having to pressure wash them and stuff like that to keep them clean. Because if they if you don't, dirt right. does accumulate on it and it will start to get yeah. uh, green mildew mold looking stuff on it. So you end up cleaning it up the same as you would wood anyways. But you don't have to do the sealant, though. You don't have to do the, the sealant. And, and then with that. one other question. Um, uh-huh. Because I've heard people that, I have friends that have beach houses and they use Trex. They said, well, we've had problems with it. Is this something that was just a bad design or bad construction? Or? Well, I mean, the it's issue a pretty that, reliable product if you're going to pay double the money. I mean. You know, the issue that people run into is when you use Trex, your, your supports underneath it need to be closer together. Uh, when you use a, a regular wood, your f- joist underneath can go 16 inches apart. When you use a product like Trex, you need to cut it down to six in- or uh, 12 inches because it doesn't have any structural real support to it like wood does, and it'll, uh-huh. it'll sag in between the supports underneath. If you don't, That's what they've had happen. Yep. Yeah, they, they, their supports are spread out too far. As long as you cut it down to 12-inch to spacing on the supports, that product will last 20, 30 years. I have it on, on a, I have a dock at my house. I have a four-and-a-half-acre pond, and I have the <laughs> synthetic on it. And quite honestly, it is very easy to take care of, looks great. I got no problem with using it all. You just have to be aware of the, the limitations of it. Well, okay, thank you so much for help. You bet. Take care. Again, our number is 713-212-5874 or 866-937-0003. You know, there was two makers. There was Trex, and I can't remember what the name of the other one was. Well, the other one has gone out of business. And so, really, Trex is the main manufacturer of those synthetic boards now. I know there is a new player out there, 
but they are very new at at this product line and I, I don't know how how good their product's gonna work. So if you're gonna go with the synthetic deck right now I would tell you to take a look at the treks. Going over to Jersey Village. Hello Scott. Hey Jim, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? I'm doing okay. Beautiful day. It so, is. Um you know here here in Jersey Village, you know, we've flooded several times and the city has gone out and gotten grants to elevate and raise houses. And I know we're on the list. In fact, I just got an email from Jersey Village. One, I haven't read it yet, but wanted to know if I want to do it or if I want to opt out. And I'm kind of on the fence on it. And I've been watching them raise these houses. And, man, I tell you what, you talk about a mess, you know, before, you know, they get it raised and, they do clean up afterwards, and I'm just kind of wondering, you know, uh, is this mandatory that I do this? And if I opt out, and if I still get, you know, FEMA flood insurance, would it still cover the house if we flooded? Or do you know? Well, you can opt out. How much water did you get in your house? Uh, this last time, we only had about maybe six inches. Okay. But still, I mean, they they basically gutted the house. Yeah. And, and we have were they out told you for almost three months. Have they told you how high you'd have to take it? Well, everybody is, it looks like they're going up about five feet. Okay. So, yes, you can opt out. Your insurance is just going to be unbelievably expensive from from there forward and if it happens again more than likely they will tell you it's no longer insurable hmm. well you know it's, it's kind of like i wish they'd just buy me out and, and we'll move and they can do what they want to with the house and yeah. i don't think that's an option well you know i do house raisings and and I've I've lifted a lot of them, and and I will tell you, in my opinion, they screw it up. And and it, it's a typical government program. Let's throw money at this, and make it go away. And so their answer is to raise all these houses. And if you look at the amount of money that they put into raising that house, regaining access, and all the stuff. You could tear the darn house down and build a new one at the right elevation for less. It makes absolutely no sense to me that they do it. And, yes, I do raise them because there are some people who that house is their home and they don't want a new one. They want that one back. For what you just well, described well, to me, though. House. Yeah. But for what you just described to me, six inches of water in it, uh, you, I don't know if you've heard me talk about flood frame. Flood frame is a, a device they can put around the house. As the floodwaters come, a door opens up and floats a wall up around the house that comes up with the water, and it keeps the house from flooding. And honestly, the cost of some of the insurances that I've been hearing, two or three years of the insurance bill would pay for, this barrier to be put around your house. 
And you wouldn't wouldn't have oh, to really? worry about floodwaters any longer. Who and would you do that? And who do I contact for that? Uh, the name of the company is Flood Frame, and it's 832-630-4661. And, and, and again, I okay. do house raisings. I love doing those jobs. But the money that's going into some of those is, is just isn't making sense in some of these situations. But I am a contractor, and if somebody wants that's what they want to do, I'm more than happy to do it for them. Hello, Lee. How can I help you? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, a number of years ago, I had the old cast iron pipe pulled out of the ground and put in a PV. Now, the house next door to me, they have sold the house. And evidently, when the guy bought the house, he didn't know that he was having trouble with that sewer line back there. Now, his sewer line was getting to uh, give him problems. You think I ought to go knock on the door and tell it? Why not? I mean, yeah, if, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you can see what's what's happening, and you know, it might save him a lot of a lot of heartache on trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, yeah, I I I wouldn't have an issue. Now, you know, I can remember probably four years ago, I had to replace the roof on my house, yes, and sir. my neighbor was replacing his roof as well, and. He was using a very high-end roof that had right. a very specific installation instruction that his roofer was not following. Mm -hmm. I had no problem. I went over and knocked on his door, and I said, look, if you want to make sure that that uh, warranty is maintained, they got to be doing this a certain way. Right. So he, he was able to talk with his roofer and saved him a lot of heartache, and you could save this guy a lot of heartache by just letting him know what's going on. Yeah, well, see, the, the neighbor that lived there before was having a problem with that sewer line. Then when they sold the house, the mortgage didn't let him know anything about it. So it's beginning to kind of overflow and run. Matter of fact, it's beginning to kind of run down beside his house out to the street. Oh, yeah. So, so now, I think it's... This it's is where we get into... To, this is where we get into a little bit of a, a sticky situation, though, because... If the seller knew that they had the problem and didn't disclose it, they can right, have some right. liability on having to fix it. Okay, well, I'm, uh, I think this evening I'm going to go and tap on the neighbor's door because he know about it. Yeah. Uh, he, he know about it. The line is overflowing. Yeah. And man, that's, that stuff begin to kind of smell around here. Yep. And it ain't even summer yet. Wait till it starts getting hot. Well, that's true. That's true. Well... I'm glad that I took all those old cast iron pipes because they have been in the ground over 40 years. Oh, yeah. And, and, having, and they just deteriorate and start leaking all over. Right, 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 right. Well, look, I sure appreciate talking to you. Thanks for taking my call. You bet, Lee. You take care. And, you know, those old cast iron pipes, when they start leaking, it's just, it's not just the fact you're going to have sewer water and the stench of that and everything. It also puts moisture in different places and can cause areas of a foundation to heave and cause all kinds of foundation problems. So, yes, you definitely want to be addressing those under slab leaks. But if you're selling a house and you know you have these kind of problems, that's what those disclosure statements are for, is to be upfront on what's going on. And if you 
say you don't know of any issues yet. You've been snaking out this line every month for the last five years. You lied. They can come back after you and force you to pay for those repairs. It's, 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 not, it's not a uh, buyer beware thing. There is a reason for those disclosures. Now, if he bought it through a foreclosure or something, hey, they don't know about it. And, and that is buyer beware. But when you're buying from, from even through a realtor or anyone else, but when you're buying from somebody who owns the property, they do have to disclose what's going on. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Betty, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. Um, we had an issue with our upstairs toilet, and uh, they came in and changed out the inside of the tank. And now it just swirls and swirls and won't flush. I have to keep, it's supposed to be a water saver, but I have to keep an extra pitcher of water in there and pour down it to get it to flush. Well, it, it very well could be that they adjusted the float and got the water level in the tank too low. Uh-huh. And so when it when you're flushing, it's not pushing enough water out all at once to make it flush because the bowl has to have so much water in it before it builds enough head pressure to push it through. So uh, the, the best way to tell is if you pick that lid off the tank on the back pick it up and look in there, you're going to see a little one-inch tube that comes up. And uh-huh. the water level should be near the top of that tube. If it's down two or three inches, you've got plenty of room where they can make an adjustment to raise that water level some and make it flush better for you. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, and that's almost always what it is. John in Frisco sends me a message. We are leaving the country for a period of eight days in late February, and we all know that February is generally the coldest month of winter here in North Texas. My wife thinks I'm silly, but I wanted to ask the expert. Would it be a good idea to turn the water off at the main before we leave? And then he has WWJD. What would Jim do? Well, I tell you, I tell people all the time, if you're going to be leaving your house for a week, shut the water off, especially during cold periods because you don't know how cold it could get and pipes freeze. And, and I always go back to the story. I had some friends years ago back in the early 80s who the pipes froze overnight. They didn't shut the water off. Kids had turned faucets on. They threw wash rigs in the sinks because no, no water was coming out. They left the house, and it was Christmas. Actually, it was Christmas Day. They left the house, and while they were gone to church, the pipes thawed. Water started running. Wash rigs were in the sink basins. Water was running over the countertops, down into the sunken living room, and out through the garage by the time they got home. If you're going to leave for an extended period of time, shut the water off. Make sure when you shut the water off, if you've got a tank-type water heater, that you shut it down as well. 
it really only takes a few minutes to start getting hot water again once you turn it on. Uh, if it's gas, it's not quite as critical, but regardless, you, you just don't want to take any chances. So shut the, the, the water down and, and don't have to worry about it. You know, I mentioned a little while ago about that Texas law that went into effect in September of last year. And basically, what it says is the cities can no longer tell you that you have to use certain building materials. In other words, that you have to have so much brick, so much stone, so much whatever, and that you can't use uh, wood siding or hardy siding or metal siding, whatever you want to use. So I had my attorney review this new rule and how's it going to affect HOAs and things like that. And basically, the city can no longer tell you what type of materials you can use as long as it meets the national building codes. However, if you live in a neighborhood with an HOA, you have signed off saying that you will abide by the rules of the HOA. So they still have the right to do that. But if you live out in an area where you don't have an HOA, you now have the right to build the way you want to build. And that goes for municipalities on commercial buildings as well, the way this thing is written. So I suspect we're going to see some lawsuits coming down the road where cities are going to be bucking this system. But for right now, that's the way it stands. And uh, so if you want to build something that you're not agreeing with the city on how you want to have it look, you now have a leg to stand on. Jim, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Well, thank you, Jim. We owned a house in Dallas, a 60-year-old home that we had totally remodeled. And uh, the October 20 tornado uh, decided to uh, uh, do a little damage. So we, we actually had a total loss. And the, the house was a pure and beam. And we know that we had some small issues because as part of the remodel, we had done some foundation work. So... Um, we're in the process of getting everything removed, and we're coming in with a you know, blank slate. And I'm curious as far as on a new build, would you recommend a pin beam, a slab, uh, or, or what? You know, it really depends on the look of the home that you want. If, if you're going to want the big porches around the house and all that stuff, you, you obviously go with a block and base or pier and beam design. Um, but beyond that, it, it's pretty much your call. Now, normally what I tell people is get a soils report first and build according to that soils report because they will typically specify whether it should be a slab or drill piers, how deep, uh, block and base, pier and beam, the whole nine yards, and that's how you avoid having a foundation issue later. Yeah. And, and a soils report like that, twelve to eighteen hundred dollars, depending on you know. Since you got a, a clean slate there, they'll be able to back a truck in, do the test pretty quick and easy. So, I'm guessing probably twelve to fifteen hundred. Okay. Well, that's definitely something that we want to spend some money on. I, I was just thinking, you know, quick new construction. If you had it either way, I mean, I, I really like that. I've never had a pyramid being house, but the ability to get in and work on the plumbing or, or, or 
you know, have that space underneath. And, yep. and I guess that comes in to another question is, what, what's your thoughts on basement in, in Dallas, in that area? Um, you know, kind of the uh, the Walnut Hill area is, uh, you know, got some poor soils. But what's your thoughts on basement? Well, you know, the only reason we don't do basements, everybody thinks it's because of the cost. And, and I guess it is in a sense, but in northern states, they do basements to get below the freeze lines. And a lot of times they're having to go five feet. So they dig a couple extra feet, and they got great usable space. We don't have that issue here, and so the cost of digging a basement, putting the proper drainage and all that stuff far exceeds what it would cost to just go up. And so that's why we don't use basements. So if it was me, now I wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking at a basement. I do like pier and beam homes. Uh, if you're going to build one, build it where you got at least three foot of crawl space. Now, 18-inch minimum is code, mm-hmm. but with that three feet of crawl space, it is so much easier to do whatever needs to be done under them. And there's a lot of them, they do a hybrid where it's actually a slab, and then they have the crawl space underneath it. On top of that, you, you don't have to do that, but it is an option. Uh the one thing I would tell you not to do is there are some people who got into this, let's put gravel down to uh, keep it easier to maintain. When you got to crawl around underneath there, that gravel is not easy on anything that you're crawling on. So that, well, was, that was not a good move. That, that's a good point. That, that's a real good point moving forward. So, well, I appreciate the suggestion. Love the show. And, uh, Look forward to uh, listening to you the rest of the day. All right. You have a great day. Joan in Arlington, welcome to WBAP. How can I help you today? Yes. Um, I think I need a French drain in the back uh, okay. near my garage. When it rains real hard, it uh, overflows into the garage. Well, that, that yeah, Sounds like you need some drainage work, uh, not necessarily a French drain, because a French drain captures subsurface water. Uh, but you, oh. you, you need uh, probably surface drains or just some regrading of the soil to move water around, because has it always done this? Um, I hadn't really noticed it until we've had, you know, the last few really heavy rains. Uh-huh. We've had, and... Uh, and it's a real pain. Yeah. Well, you know, what happens is over time uh, from mowing and uh, just taking care of yards and stuff, soil tends to build up higher and higher, and it'll start blocking some of our drainage. And so it may be mm-hmm. just some simple digging out will get water flowing again and keep this from happening. If you want to call the Due West office, we deal with this kind of drainage all the time. And you can mm-hmm. reach us. At 972-877-0391. Well, that wasn't the right number. Let me give you a different number. 972-406-0912. Okay. And uh, And if if you'll call, they're there till 4 o'clock even today. Oh, are they? Okay. All right. I'll give them a call. Are they local here, Arlington, or yes, ma'am? It's it's my my company. Uh, we're we're actually Dallas, but we go all over the metroplex. Oh, okay. 
All right. I'll certainly give them a call. Thank you. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. Again, 1-800-288-9227. You know, and, and I mentioned this just a second ago. A lot of people, a lot of times, will call, say they need a French drain. French drain captures water that's moving through the soil, and a lot of times it goes down and sits on a rock shelf or something and travels through the soil underground. And what a French drain is is a rock barrier. It's gravel with a perforated pipe in the bottom, so the water hits the gravel, drops to the bottom, goes in the perforated pipe, and travels out. A surface drain will typically take care of any water, you know, like that's traveling into the garage, things like that. Uh, but typically what's happened is, like I said, subsurface water builds up. Or subsurface. The, the soil builds up when we're mowing our yard, things like that, and that floods our garages. And that's a lot of times just a matter of removing the dams and letting the water flow again. So I, a lot of times it's much less expensive than people think it's going to be. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.